and we welcome you to Drive Back the Night, an Andromeda series podcast. I'm Ethan Maestri. And I'm Ryan Mazzocco. Each edition of Drive Back the Night, we take an episode of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda and we analyze it for the things that we like, dislike, things we learn about the universe and things for ourselves. Sometimes. Except, <laughs> except this time, that is not what we're doing. We're not we? going to do that at no. all. No, we are not. No, this week is our uh, our season wrap. We finally got through season three, didn't we? You know, and we did. And it, I got to say, it feels like it was just yesterday that we got started on If the Wheel is Fixed. Except that it wasn't. <laughs> No, right, it wasn't. It was it was about uh almost two and a half years ago. Was it? It almost two yeah. 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 Um why? Well, there's a lot of things involved. Um we had some problems with some of our sponsors. Um there was a writer strike that we had to contend with. Um, you know how all the union stuff. We, I don't want to bore our listeners with that. Uh <laughs> we'll see. Then there was also there's this phenomenon. Now, some of our podcast uh, listeners and podcasters that are listening may know about um, Podfade. I've is, heard of that. Is that a thing? That is a thing. I've we heard we of may it. have been touched once or twice by the Podfade. I, I think you may be correct in that assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, generally it's just uh, this is kind of a hobby for us. We are thrilled that there are people out there who um, do find enjoyment out of this. Absolutely. But ultimately... Um, it is not the most important thing going on in our lives. <laughs> we yes. love to do it when we can. Sometimes other things get in the way. Yeah, I would like to to just take a second. This show came out of an abundance of free time. Um, my work at the time when we conceived of and then launched this this show, uh, my work was not uh, my workload was not as heavy as it is now. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. And I spent a lot of time in the office, in front of a computer, and it was very easy for me to take a few minutes here and a few minutes there and do research. And so these episodes that we initially put together came quite easily. Yeah. Um, trivia, all of it, editing, uh, all of that was not a big... Well, you did all the editing initially, actually. I did do a lot of the editing yeah. at the beginning. The first season. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I did get burnt out about, what was it, about halfway, a little way yeah, halfway through, through the season sex, two. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I was also in a similar situation as you in the sense that uh, when we first started this podcast, my employment situation was different. Yes. I was self-employed. Yeah. Um, very flexible schedule with a work like that. Um, but then somewhere along in here in season three, when things really started to slow down, um, <laughs> I was no longer self-employed. Right. I was then, um, what do you say, gainfully employed? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I you, went to work for the man. You answered to the man. Yep. Yes, you yep. did. And the man said, I don't care about your silly podcast. <laughs> I need you in here selling stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so that, you know, it's been, uh, and and along with you having a, a shift in your uh, job, uh, my career changed also. Uh, we started season three right around the same time I changed the course of my career with the company that I worked with. And uh, yeah, so the time- the What free he means time, is he got fired. No, I didn't get fired. <laughs> no, I- I pivoted to a different department. Sacked to our friends across the pond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, none of that happened. No, I pivoted to a different department, and I'm much happier now, but I have a lot less free time during the day. So, 
Yeah, these things and life in general, it impacts. And, and so, yeah, obviously it's it's taken us a couple of years to get through this. But you know what? We got back on the right horse. Yeah. And we we, we finished the season out. Yep. I'm, I'm proud of ourselves for, for making the time to do that. Is that enough on that that we want to? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yes. Thank you, and we're sorry. <laughs> and, and we will continue to be sorry. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to season four once we, once we get it kicked off and get into it. Because there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And I feel like maybe as we go through our season three wrap, uh, looking forward to exciting storytelling is maybe partly what contributed to a little bit of our lapse in season three. I don't know for sure. Hey, hey, don't, I haven't talked don't with jump you to about the it. end. Okay, all right. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see where where that uh, discussion uh, gets us here at the end of this discussion. All right, Ryan. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about season three then, since this is our season three wrap show. Uh, now that we've divulged our individual stories uh, of our experience with season three and this show, let's get into some broad strokes for what we learned from season three. I have noted here uh, in some notes that you and I are are both sharing here. um, I noted the rot of the new system's Commonwealth, its treatment of Dylan Hunt. It reminded us that the Magog are still coming toward the end of the season and that the spirit of the abyss is still out there and that the fall of the new system's Commonwealth caps off all we have seen in past seasons and confirms the unease that we have sensed in our discussions of the new system's Commonwealth throughout this season three. Um, any points of that that you want to flesh out a little bit further? Well, I mean, I think they're... What a great way to sum up season three in less than a paragraph there, Ethan. Okay. Uh, we usually do have a summary. We do. And, <laughs> and, and usually we... <laughs> our summary is about 10, 20 minutes long. Yeah. You summed up season three in two sentences, basically. Okay. I, I did not realize that's what I was doing, but okay, I see that. Yeah, so um, the new system's Commonwealth sucks. Yes. We pretty much forget completely about the Magog and the Spirit of the Abyss. Oh, but then we remember. Well, So that's why I say we almost forgot. Yeah, well, I, I put that first, the rot yeah. of the new system's Commonwealth first, because it, does it not seem like the first three, four episodes of season three... Um, we were talking a lot about that, weren't we? Oh, yeah. And just how, what is wrong with this, well, this and it, government? Well, and it continued on it until did. the last episode that we just dropped right before we're, we're doing this one here now. I don't remember the name of the episode now. I've already forgot. This is going to be a long, uh, this is going to be a long episode because you, you you're going to- names. I, I am, I'm really having trouble with season three names. And that may filter into our wrap up okay. of this conversation as well. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, it did feel like as we got to the end of the sea this season, that, it, as you said, we remember the Magog. Oh yeah, this was a major, a major thing, and we we have not talked about it in a long time. But yeah, it's still out there. It's still out there. We got to get ready for it. Mm-hmm. Except now that the thing that was going to underpin whatever defense that the galaxies were going to put up against it. That thing has been taken away now. Right. And that's, I was getting ready to say, it seemed like the two hinged on each other. Yeah. Both in um, forgetting about the Magog and also remembering because the episodes where 
we see all of these problems with the Commonwealth, and then there's also these other just completely standalone stories. All of them have nothing to do with the Magog and the Abyss until we get to, I believe it was the point of the spear. Yeah. And now we have, this is where, you know, kind of everything is hitting the fan, proverbially saying. But anyway, then we remember the Magog. So then we remember why it's so important that the Commonwealth stay together. And so... It hasn't mattered at all. It has, yeah. It hasn't mattered at all so, until now. All of a sudden, it matters a lot. But this is also the point where, as you and I predict, the the Commonwealth is called it kind of falling apart now. Yeah. So what's yeah. what's the use? So I'm thinking. Why even bring it up? I'm almost thinking that if you were the person that was going to reissue the say Blu-ray versions of the seasons, the liner note that you put on the season three box is Andromeda. See, uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda Season 3, zero-sum game. Because <laughs> we're back to square one, uh-huh. aren't we? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the broad strokes, I think, that, we, that we're looking at here. What about stuff that we had in season? All right. The first thing I had down here was the, dealing with the transdimensional creatures. Yeah. And the brass knuckle fleet. You remember them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you didn't remember transdimensional creatures, at least... The, the thing that I took away was the brass knuckle ships. Well, and you love ships. That's kind of your thing. I do. So, <laughs> and I love brass knuckles. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we've learned something about Ryan tonight, too. Interesting. So, yeah, that was the first episode. Um, kind of the wrap up of the season two cliffhanger of Tyr and uh, Becca being taken off the ship by the transdimensional creatures. Uh, it took a weird turn. Would you say? Yeah. It did. I think we discussed that a lot in uh, If the Wheel is Fixed. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately the decision was the wheel was not fixed. No, uh-uh. it wasn't. However, we took another shot at it later in the season. We didn't did. We? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Delinda Est. Yeah. And this time we won. We did. What did we win, Ryan? We won not dying that day, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, we decided we won. I guess. We Dil- passed the test. We passed the test. Yeah, we passed the test. Mm-hmm. What was that test? Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. Yep. We passed. Right. So Don't ask too many questions. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tiran Asazi, Nietzschean aggression. That was kind of the conclusion of the season. Yeah. Uh, I felt like there was a nice lead up in the last four or five episodes. Uh, not, not to... Well, yeah, I kind of want to rehash something that you and I disagreed on. All right. I felt like there was a good lead up to it. Okay. And you did not. No, I did not. And it was really just that, uh, you're going to have to help me with the episode name, but the second to last episode, the one where Tyr actually went to the the crazy underworld doctor and had his DNA changed. Day of Judgment, Day of Wrath. Yes. That's the one that I didn't like. Just how they went that far, that fast, in one episode... And doing it in a way that they just barely showed Tyr at all. He was such a B-plot to that story, but it was such a major event in the plot of this season. Yeah, but in in that discussion, I was pointing out, well, yeah, it's a major thing he's doing, but let that be the B-plot so we can have just this random story that is ultimately inconsequential. We just allow a couple of guest stars to play around and have fun. Uh Uh-huh. 
All right. But but the payoff is in the season finale that we got. Yeah. In the fact that now Tyr is in action. And I felt like I felt like it was fair enough. Yeah, I I I disrespectfully agree. Wow. Is that a thing? I I don't know, but yeah, let's okay, let's go with cause that. Cuz on the other one I was going to say I respectfully disagree. Right. But on this one, you know. Uh, disrespectfully so. agree. <laughs> Uh, can we have a t-shirt? Yeah. Can we make a t-shirt with that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go for that. Uh, Uncle Sid. All right. We got him again. Yep. QA Bono. All right. We had fun with that we one. We did have fun with Mostly that. Mostly we had fun with saying QA Bono. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Uncle Sid makes an appearance, makes a bid for a position of power in the New Systems Commonwealth. Did that seem like a legitimate uh, story arc for, for uh, John DeLancey? For, for where this is... For where this system's commonwealth is going, yes, it did. Um, I, I will not disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's what you've got here, is you have a this new system's commonwealth, this big upstart intergalactic government um, that's made up of all these different worlds with, with probably their own agendas. I, I, to me, it seems like the whole thing is on really shaky ground to begin with. Yeah. I don't know what Dylan thinks he's trying to build here, but the old... Commonwealth was built off of the Vedran Empire, which was a millennia year strong. Can you say millennia years? Because that's kind of just a redundancy, isn't it? <laughs> Eons. It, yes. Eons. It was, it was very old and stable. <laughs> um, and then all these other worlds eventually got added onto it, where Dylan, he just tries to say, okay, let's pick up where everything left off. And people are like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Wink, wink, you know? And then uh, now let's kind of do our own thing and not to circle back around to how we opened this. But, I mean, that the Sid, the the whole plot there in QA Bono was, it just goes hand in hand with what we opened this, this, this podcast with about just the rot of the system's commonwealth. Can you say it's rotting when it started out deteriorated? Yeah. I mean, doesn't something have to be in good shape first before it can rot? No, that's an excellent point. I, he's he's a perfect fit. It it totally makes sense. Yeah, that he would be making a run for a position of power. Yeah, um, everybody's got to be corrupt in it, here. It made brilliant sense to me, and I was really looking forward to a future episode when they say, "Oh, he made triumph here, or he got defeated in the election, or whatever, it was, uh-huh. or he bought off people, and now he's in power." Did we get any of that? Do we know where Sid is now? Um, I think we can just assume that he's conning people and making <laughs> lots and lots of money. Yeah. And uh, whether he won or not... Doesn't really matter, yeah. does it? No. Yeah. Okay. Because he's a winner. That's right. <laughs> uh, trance. We got some glimmers, some deeper glimmers into how Trance thinks, operates, uh, what her abilities are. What did you think about the the growth entrance as a character as far as telling us exactly what's going on in her mind you know what before i answer that question which i am going to but something else that i noticed was that in these later episodes and i don't know if it's just because it took us so long to get through season three but it seemed to me that in these later episodes when we kind of had this you know this real uh we coasted here to the end of season three it seemed like it wasn't very trance heavy at all no and Whereas the second season definitely yeah. was a very trance-heavy season, it felt like. Yeah. And initially, 
and to the middle of it, yes, mm-hmm. we were getting a lot. It felt like still right, but you're right. It, they they kind of it felt like they kind of took a step back, particularly in the last seven eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them she wasn't even in at all. Yeah, that's true. Or some well, everybody of, needs a vacation. Or something. Yeah, I know, but I'm is that is that what was going on here? Probably. I, you think so? You're going to go with that? Let's go with that. You're going to go with that? All right. Laura Bertram needed a vacation. Sure. Well, so did we. And so that's why it took us. And they gave it to us. Yeah. We we took it. Um, So, okay, about her abilities. And uh, yeah, it's interesting because Trance is one of those characters that she is an enigma from episode one. And you're always, you're trying to figure out what is she up to everybody else you kind of know what they're up to even if they're trying to be a little bit underhanded about it like tear we know what he's up to uh i didn't know that he was going to do this yeah what we end up with here but i knew he was up to something right um trance we really still don't completely know what her objective is no but she apparently can manipulate time in a way. In, in, well, in, in a way, yeah. She can manipulate time, or she can manipulate realities, or she can... She can see the different realities. Yeah. Yeah. So I... Well, we do know that she can manipulate time, because we saw that in season one. Well, we and we saw it in Ouroboros, too. Kinda. Yeah. It, it, but that's what I'm wondering. Like, is that is that a manipulation of time, or is that a manipulation of the realities? And or of consciousness, even I I think we might get an answer in a later season. Okay, either four or five. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, so, but yeah, d- safe to say we got to see a little bit more about mm-hmm. what's going on there. Admiral Stark returns, sort of. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we were we ended up at the end of that episode. She did not age well. Um, yeah, we ended up at the end of that episode where uh, Stark returns or shows up uh, as the head of the the Templars. Um, do we think it's her? And yeah, you're right. She did not age yeah. well. I mean, she, I don't, he did not yes, age well. We we don't really have any reason to uh, to believe that it's not her. Right. Right. I mean, they they gave us a story. They didn't prove it not true. So I think in a setting like this, this style of a show, I think we just have to assume that since they didn't disprove it, it must be true. Okay. And um, hopefully we get to revisit this. Cool. Yeah. Gabriel. He returns. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't really Gabriel, was it? Right. No. Um, but it was the balance of judgment. Yeah. Which was Gable. Gabe, Gable? Gable. Which was Gabriel. So we can say... Also known as Clark. Yes. Yeah. We, we, so we maybe saying Gabriel returns is not completely accurate. No, it's not. But we can say we did get the balance of judgment, which are one and the same, or are they? No, they're not. No. But they are. <laughs> but they're not. Played by Michael Shanks. Yes. So this is the same actor... Do we need to have an AI discussion? No. No, let's not do that. Okay. Let's not take the time. All right. Anyway, so that's 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 some of the things we got in season. Mm-hmm. The the highlights. Yeah. You know. Um let's move on from that. Okay. That's that's the wrap of the season. Yep. The things that we took away from it. Now, let's get an idea of what our listeners thought okay. about season three. That's interesting because we do always say, Hey, and we'd love to hear what our listeners think. Ethan if they wanted to get a hold of us, how might they do so? They and do then you so say, by sending us an email. Right, yeah. And we have 
in my hand mm-hmm. and yours. Yep. Emails. Yeah. Uh, were there any one of these in particular that you appreciated that you wanted to sh- give a shout out to or read off first and open up this this part of the discussion? Uh, actually, there was. Um, it looks like th- this is just an excerpt from uh, Zachary Thompson. And the reason that I wanted to bring this out is because it really goes along with what we were saying earlier. Uh, I like the point that he made here. Uh, he says, uh, in part, he says, also you talk about how quickly the Commonwealth seemed to break apart, had me thinking. Um, it all began as a veteran empire. Then it was too difficult to keep in line. So they made the Commonwealth, in quotes. Um, but how cohesive was the original Commonwealth? Uh, and he goes on to say, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we'd actually been able to see some more of that old Commonwealth? Maybe it wasn't really quite the uh, the the paradise lost that Dylan makes it out to be. No, that that was an excellent point. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that one as well. Is that the one where he makes the comment about maybe spending like if it if you could rewrite it, mm-hmm. do the first season? Yeah. In the new systems common or the old Commonwealth? Yeah. 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 I love that idea. Yeah. I think maybe a whole season might be a bit much. It probably so. But give it a, give it a full episode or two. Yeah. And let us get ca- kind of used to that the way things are then mm-hmm. and then completely shift it. Or if nothing else, if you're not going to do that, um, here's another. I think this would also be a great idea. Go ahead and launch right into our story, like they give us, because that's what is that's what this story is. Yeah, yeah. But give us flashbacks. Yeah, let's go back there. You totally know, episode J. J. by Abrams, episode. Yeah, see, that wasn't a thing then yet, was it? Right. You're right. No, yeah, you're right. It was on the cusp. Uh-huh. It was about to happen. It was almost there. Almost there. Yeah, and happened during season three. Yeah. Or yeah, was it two thousand three? No, season four. Yeah, would have been the start of Lost. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's a great idea too. Mm-hmm. I, I like that doing doing it by way of flashbacks because we kind of did a little bit of that because he kinda would did. he would go have well, uh, flashbacks. He was playing Go with Rade. Yeah, he did the flashbacks on the Mobius talking with Admiral yeah. Stark. Right, but as far as just day to day life in that old Commonwealth, yeah. we didn't get any of that. It was always something directly related to what is going on now. Right. Which, I mean, I guess that's storytelling. It has to yeah. parallel. But, but yeah, I do think that's a good point. Um, and I had not thought of that. But that would be nice to have seen maybe some of the uh, maybe some of the cracks in that glass. Maybe it wasn't quite so perfect. Yeah. Uh, so or, or do they want to leave it to, to us viewers to think that it was that perfect? The, the thing that you don't talk about and the thing that you don't show, that leaves it to the, to the imagination. Mm-hmm. And that usually is the most... That is the strongest way of telling a story in some in some cases, yeah. I think, because okay. we're left to fill in the blanks. So, yeah, e- either way, um, that would have been interesting. Do it or don't do it. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, though. Spending a whole season with it would have been a bit mm, excessive. And, and probably, probably would, yeah. and, and by the time you get to the end of that season, you want to see where the, where it goes in that story. Mm-hmm. At that point, you want to see. The fall of the Commonwealth, probably. Yeah. Well, maybe you can have uh, episode one. We go ahead and have. Why can't we do a spinoff series? Let's write it. Okay. We'll All just right. do the 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 fall years. We'll, we'll pick a, a whole different ship. There, whole yeah, different there crew. was a whole thing that led up to all of this happening. Exactly. And we didn't ever we never got to see any of that story. Yeah, we can hire Sam Sorbo to do. Uh, or <laughs> yeah, Sam Sorbo. Uh huh. She can she can do a, a guest role. Mm hmm. With our, our, our new crew and our new captain. 
Yeah. As they deal, as they go through and over the brink. Okay. I think that'd be a good series. Yeah, and I think we got to give uh, Zachary Thompson credit here. Yeah, credit um, to he should, Zach Thompson for that. He should be a, a at least, if nothing else, at least a consultant. If if he doesn't want to be go. involved more, yeah, I'll yeah. go. I'll go for that. Okay. Also from Zach Thompson, he had an email where he sent in some uh, observations about the right horse. He says, "So Technicore is the ultimate company town. Are they the only business allowed on the forty worlds that they own? Do they employ billions of people on each planet?" And yeah, Technicore sounds like the opening act of the Aphex Twins and Nine Inch Nails tour from 1998. <laughs> I, I, thank you, Zach. Mm-hmm. I, I chuckled hard at that one when I saw it. And uh, and yeah, you're right. Uh, that is what they sound like. No, as to Technicore itself, it's a big bad company. So yeah, they ro- they rule those 40 worlds outright. It's a, what do they call that? A corporatocracy? Co- oh yeah. Okay. Something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Muscle everyone else out. It's a monopoly. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it sounded like to me. So yeah, so thank you, Zach, for for your emails. We certainly appreciate them. Uh, here's one from David Hayes. I believe he's our Alaskan Nietzschean, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. Oh, uh, and shout out to David. He is a fellow podcaster as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, make a note of that. Uh, Remembering Frederick Nietzsche is the name of his podcast, and you can find it over on Anchor FM. So if you're interested in actual uh, history. And, and the actual philosophy of Frederick Nietzsche, he goes into that in depth. I've listened to several of the episodes myself, and it's fascinating. And it's he he has, to my ear, has researched it quite well. And uh, it's it's some interesting listening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, remembering Frederick Nietzsche by David Hayes, and you can find that on Anchor FM. Mm-hmm. I just want to give that shout out first. He makes a couple of observations here, and I think that they're worth mentioning, um, if if nothing else, mentioning mentioning them again, because these are things that we've uh, had some gripes with quite a bit, uh, <laughs> especially over this, this third season. Um, this is a Commonwealth vessel now. It has a full complement crew. So there are supposed to be estimated 4,000 people on this ship. Yeah. And how often do we see any of them? Uh some days yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. Some days there's maybe a person. Yeah. Or not at all. Right. <laughs> uh, and he also makes another point here too, as far as uh, the high guard. This is supposed to be a uh, military arm. Uh, yeah. So he makes an interesting point here. Um, why are they not in uniform? No, that's an excellent point. I don't. Have we actually talked about that on the show? We've we've definitely we've touched on it. Uh, especially with, uh, you know, have some of them like Dylan, who at times seems to be in a uniform of sorts. And then everybody else just kind of seems to be wearing whatever. Uh, Harper is the worst dress crewman of anybody. He, he just walks around in cargo pants and a T-shirt. Yeah. That's that's not <laughs> uniform. Right. Right. And, and to that point, because I, I've got the same email here. Uh, I'll ask you, Ryan. Ryan, have you served in the military? I have not. I, I have not served uh, in the military myself either. Um, so when he sends this email as a veteran, yes, <laughs> I can understand why it would get under his skin, especially. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it kind of doesn't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see a, a veteran right. of the army. Uh, so yeah, you see, it kind of doesn't make sense to us. It definitely it, does not make sense <laughs> to anyone who has served. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, if I may, David also did write us about a Rev Deferred. And he said this episode could have been a great one, but it was little more than a tease. 
uh, it's now becoming very clear just how important Robert Hewitt Wolf was to the show. I can only imagine what the show would have become if he was still with it to the till the end. Uh, we had a little bit of that discussion in the coda, didn't we? Yeah. And I think we arrived at a slightly different point of view. Now, I'll grant it. I'll having the the uh, the originator of the story stick with the show does do a lot to legitimize and to bring the story to its fruition. Um, I'll grant you that. But in our interview with Robert Hewitt Wolf and what little bit we got out of the coda, I think you and I were of the opinion that maybe it's not such a fantastic thing that that he that he didn't stick with it mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I, I, there's definitely an audience I think that would have just thoroughly enjoyed what Robert Hewitt Wolf was ultimately going to do. Um, then at the same time, I think that uh, it uh, it may have had some problems with the marketability. Um, some audiences may not have responded well to finding out that for the past five seasons they have been entertained by a cute girl who has actually been the devil the, devil the, the whole, whole time. time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I could see a little bit of an outcry over that. So yeah, I, you know, it, it's it's interesting. What would we have gotten if Robert Hewitt Wolf had stuck, been able to stick with it? It would have been interesting, but I don't know that it was if it would have been the same show that we actually ended up with. Well, I know it wouldn't have been. Right. There were elements that would have been the same, but yeah. Anyway, um, oh, and he also brought up another question uh, in a different email. He asked, "Is the High Guard military or a police force?" Which I thought was an interesting question. Um, I, I well, feel like it's military. Yeah, I, I was going to say, without thinking about it first, my gut feeling is I want to say it's military. Um, but this is the first time that I've pre- been presented with this other idea. He, so I, he brings it up in the context of the, the Force Lance, in that it can be used like a billy club. Mm-hmm. And that's where he draws the connection of, of just a police force. I, they do police work. I mean, I think that much is is kind of clear. They do security. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think you have to side with the fact that they have a fleet. (laughs) Yeah. Which is inherently Navy, right? So I I think it's it's rather obvious that you say it's it's militaristic first, but they also do peacekeeping, which is police work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think even the military has has the police force within it. So uh, are they mutually exclusive? I don't think so. I think you have elements of both, and that's a, that's an interesting question that I think he brings up there. Another email that I noticed here, we got one from Ray Haig, a friend and supporter of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he commented on the right horse. He said, all in all, it was an all right episode. Uh, okay. Uh, a bit bland, but the concept of truth, the truth-telling planet was interesting. I do wish they had played with that a little bit more. More along the lines that they talked about truth not always being right and playing on technicalities. And, wow, does that not seem poignant for today? Yeah. <laughs> not to get political with it, but, uh-huh. you know, it seems like this is a discussion that's being had right now mm-hmm. in in modern culture. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I would like to have seen more done with uh, fleshing out how that planet operates, which we were intrigued by it and mm-hmm. talked a lot about it mm-hmm. on that particular episode. So uh, thank you, Ray, for uh, writing in on that one. And then I also wanted to point out we got an email from Gregory Brown. And this was just a simple email from Gregory saying, I just wanted to say that I really enjoy your podcast. I've been listening to it for several years. 
just as an aside, it it seems difficult to believe we've been at it for several years now. <laughs> but yeah. that's true. Uh, he said, and I just got to the last episode. I really appreciate the work you're doing and hope you will continue producing these podcasts. Thank you, Gregory yes. Brown. And we I, hope so, too. Yeah, and, and, and we will. Yeah. We will. So thank you uh, to everyone that has taken a few minutes to uh, type in a few words, send us an email. Um, man, it that really, it, it it encourages us. It warms our heart. All of those good feelings. Yeah, we, we say it every time that we talk about this, but it really is true that uh, when we get emails like this, it really does um, kind of give us that little boost that we need when we do experience a little bit of pod fade or um, start to just kind of fall off a little bit. Um, and we start getting these things in and we get encouraging words. We get donations and, and just, just like, yeah, we got to. We got to get back at it. Yeah, yeah. So. And that really was the impetus for us in this last push that we've had into uh, getting into the the end of season three and getting into season four. Yeah, especially uh, uh, people that are coming on late. Uh, Yeah. We've had had a lot of listeners that have been here since pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then all of a sudden there are people that are finding us. And And they're reaching out to us for the first time and they're saying, hey, I didn't realize there was a a podcast about this show that I loved when I was younger. Right. Yeah, those are, that's just a real shot in the arm. Speaking of which, I I opened up a question on Twitter uh, for folks to write in on Twitter with uh, some thoughts and opinions. And we did actually get a listener that responded. Uh, So Andrew Bullis, he he wrote in several observations here on Twitter and I was just going to Was he the crewman on the last couple of episodes? Bullis, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bullet, let us know what happened. Why'd you leave the ship? No, I'm just kidding. We know it's not the same one. So, yeah, so Andrew uh, responded to us on Twitter. He makes mention that he's been working his way through season three, but dot, 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 woof. (laughs) Um, Not to jump ahead here, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. He says, it's a slog. He says, the lone and level sands had probably the most potential, but they wasted too much time on early fight scenes and the script needed a few more passes to make it really coherent. Uh, the impact of finding the Bellerophon also seemed way too muted. That should have been a much bigger event. Uh, he comments on Kue Bono, saying that it's probably the best so far of Season 3. They spent uh, almost no time on the typical fight scenes that the show has, and focused instead on plot and character development. His only quibble was that they had gone too far in destroying Delancey's character previously. I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really left him as a snake in the grass. Yeah. So doesn't it seem perfect that he would go into politics? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe that point is mute. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Andrew. We can't agree with you. <laughs> uh, that made it really difficult to care about his plight in this episode as he continues on his thought here. Uh, had his attempt to kill Becca been I driven? will agree with that. Okay. I did not care about his plight. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had his attempt to kill Becca been driven by actual desperation, Kiwi Bono could have been much more compelling. Still a good episode, though. I, I, I agree. I, I don't disagree with any of your points there. Uh, not hard disagreements. I can definitely see where he's coming from on it. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, comments on Twitter and emails of the past, well couple of years <laughs> sadly um but yeah we've already gone into that but thank you all very much uh for being supportive of the show thank you very much for taking the time to send in your comments and continue to do so uh just because you've heard your name once on the show doesn't mean it may never happen again 
you know, we got two more seasons to wrap up. So, uh, yeah, keep those thoughts coming and, and we're listening. We're, we're keeping track of them. Yep. All right, Ryan. So let's, uh, let's put a cap on this discussion then. All and right. let's let's do a thing that uh, we love to do on the other show mm-hmm. on uh, on Age of Geek. Are if we going to make a list? Uh, we are going to make a list. Right. So if you haven't listened to Age of Geek podcast, what we like to do on occasion is we like to take uh, shows. <laughs> and or, we say on occasion, he means every occasion possible. Every occasion possible. Yes. That is true. We like to take movies or TV show episodes, mostly Star Trek, and we like to list them. And that's what we're going to do here for season three on this Drive Back the Night podcast. Season three wrap up. Let's do a top three, bottom three. All right. If you've got a, if you've got your uh, your bottom number three, what do you got picked there? Bottom number three. Okay. So so this is the least worst of the worst. The least worst. The yes. least worst of that, the worst. That is the correct phrase. All right. So on this one here, as I will often do, I cheated a little bit. Okay. I fudged, if you will. Okay. Because uh, what I did was I took two episodes and I smushed them together. <laughs> okay. And you know, that's a tactic that I use when I make these uh, lists. I, yeah, All I right. know. And I always have a good reason for it. Uh-huh. All right. So these were both on my list of bad episodes. So we're going to have a through thread with both of them. Yeah. Okay, I will allow this. Though, All right. As I always have to. Yes. <clears throat> it's my list. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So here's what I have for number three. I chose... If the wheel is fixed and Delinda Est, yeah, okay, uh, um, I, I I can see that definitely making the list. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, for the if the wheel is fixed because it completely came out of left field. Well, yeah, I see the through thread because by the time we get to Delinda Est, it's not any clearer. Right. And makes even less sense, really, yeah. ultimately, yeah. when we come down to it. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say that's a good pick for, for number three. All right. What's on your the number, bottom. What's your number three? My number three on the bottom was For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh, okay. Uh, that was one where we had a 300-year-old dead crew member coming back to haunt the crew. Right. Uh, felt like it needed to be done um, as a Halloween episode, but it wasn't. Right. And made even less sense, really, when we dug into it. So, yeah, because when the, when we reviewed this, I remember asking you, because you always yes, do the trivia. Did. I was like, when did this was air? Was this aired sometime <laughs> around late October, by chance? And no, it was it, a mid-November episode. Okay, wow. Of they, 2002. They were late. They were late. For they, their Treehouse of Horrors episode. That's true. Uh, yeah, I just, um, I, I, I should have gone back and looked at the guest actor again. Uh, he, he was uh, quite popular in the 80s on the uh, Greatest American Hero television show. I remember that show, and I remember being excited when his name came up in trivia. However, this was just not a good episode for mm-hmm. him or for anyone, really. Uh, us as watchers. <laughs> it's just, it's a bad concept. <laughs> it when was. you have um, an action-adventure show, and you know, we're going to go ahead and try to throw in a, a Scooby-Doo episode. Thrill. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah. If they had done this on Scooby-Doo, that would have been a great It would have been great. It would have been great. Scooby-Doo in space. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your number two? Number two is, and your heart will fly away. Yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, it's just a dumb title for a show. Yes. And and can I throw in there with with yours into the hat? That made my honor. That was the top of my honorable mention list. Okay. 
my honorable mention list is as long as my bottom three list. <laughs> yeah. Just to say that. Well, you know, I when you presented this to me, hey, let's do a top three, bottom three. You remember what I said? Yeah. We might need 10 for the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> we do a top three, bottom 10. <laughs> and you're not wrong. Okay. So, uh, so uh, to to that episode and your heart will fly away, um, kind of an incoherent plot. Yeah. Along the lines of Delenda asked, and if the wheel is fixed, it's like yeah. we're we're doing this, but what's our motivation here? Right. And in case you don't remember, this is the one where Tears' old girlfriend comes back. Why? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know about her at all. Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't need to. Um, turns out he's in love with her. Why? Uh, he was supposed to kill her. Yeah, she uh-huh. was. She was the job that right. he was hired to uh, hit. So yeah, that was um that was an interesting soap opera. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed doing the flavor text for mm-hmm. that one because I enjoyed reading the flavor text oh, for that one. Excellent. Excellent. Uh my, num- my number two, yeah. Uh Vault of the Heavens. Oh yeah. I mean that that one had to make the list. I seem to remember that one. As much as I would like to not remember it, mm-hmm. I, I did remember it for this list. Yeah. A what what more can we say about it? I think we both disliked this one greatly. Yes. And yes. some of our listeners did as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I In the context of an email that we got, I couldn't tell if they disliked the episode or if they disliked our discussion of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which well, I would be fine with either. Either one yeah. is fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, no, we, it was tough for us to get through as well. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Number one worst. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, instead of adding more to your number two pick i'm just going to go ahead and throw on my number one pick and then we can keep piling on because my number one worst episode of season three was also vault of the heavens yeah and uh here's what really bugs me about this and i remember talking about this in our discussion it had stuff it had some interesting stuff to play with but i just cannot get out of my head the visual yeah of dylan no, we don't have to revisit it okay we don't we All really right. don't okay if i have to visualize it so does everyone else yeah if if as a listener you don't understand what we're talking about i dare you to go back and listen to that episode <laughs> and you will understand why we both dislike this one so greatly uh why don't you go ahead and give oh you did give us your number one that's that was, right yeah. okay so it's my turn um the illusion of majesty yeah that was just a that was just a junk episode. I'm sorry. Toxic waste jokes aside, mm-hmm. it was toxic. It was right. just, it was just bad. That one was definitely very close to being on my list. Yeah. Um, actually, for whom the bell tolls was also very close. Okay. Um, Interesting though. You know what yeah. didn't make our list that I feel like it should? It made my honorable mentions. For worst. I almost went ahead and put lava and rockets on here again. <laughs> just, just to stamp the <laughs> emphasis on that one. But 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 similar, a love story, uh-huh. the right horse. Yeah. Honestly, that should have been, a, it would have made four probably, number four for me, if we were going that deep into the list. What's the deal? Is it, does this show, is it just not a good platform for love stories or is not that is that us? No. Do we have, do we have a problem here? You know what? I I think that's a poll for the listeners. Okay. I might put that on our Twitter. All right. And just see what people say. I'm scared to find out the answer to that. (laughs) But don't you want to know? Maybe we need to confront this situation here. We might. But yeah, love stories just do, have not, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. and 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 yours as well, 
just don't seem to have worked on this action adventure sci-fi show. Right. Love and horror. <laughs> yes. Don't do those. Don't do those, mm-hmm. and we're just fine. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the positive. All let's right. finish this on a positive note. Great. What did we like? Okay. What episodes did we like about season three here? What's your number three, top three favorites? My number three was I took Point of the Spear. Okay. Now, the reason, not because I thought it was an incredibly strong episode, this, I was really searching for really strong episodes to put in my top three. Um, but it did have a lot of things that I really liked about it. Um, we we remember that we have a situation with the Magog and the Spirit of the Abyss. We remember that there are these other alien creatures that are sharing these galaxies, Um we also kind of see a little bit of a glimmer into trance. Trance's people kind of yeah. seem to be pulling some strings here. Yeah. Don't know if they're in control of everything, but there are definitely, there is some measure of control and she's not doing this alone. Some, somebody else out there seems to be reading the tea leaves of reality. As yeah. Well, and like. also the fact that uh, trance is not completely in this on her own and, there may even be other people that are doing this with her that are kind of going against what Trance would rather do. Yeah. Um, they sort of put Dylan in a very difficult situation. Well, they treat him like the new systems Commonwealth did. Yeah, they did. And Trance had a problem with that. Yeah. But for the purposes of whatever their purpose is, she had to go along with it at this time. Yeah. And... Dylan was kind of cross with her, but uh, hey, maybe that'll make some for some interesting story a little later down the line. Possibly. We'll Possibly. see. Possibly. Uh, so it's me. Yeah. Uh, my top three pick, number three of my top picks. Uh, well, I went with Point of the Spear as well. Oh, okay. Interesting yeah. that we both went with the same one in the same spot uh, for all of the reasons you just stated. I remember seeing the Pyrians in season two and thinking, man, this is this is an interesting... I think we talked about it. This was mm-hmm. an interesting race, and I wanted to see more of it. Well, here we are. Yeah. We got more of it, and, and I thought it was good. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, to me, they're kind of like this universe's equivalent to the Tholians in Star Trek. In what? The Tholians in Star Trek. Oh, have Star you, Trek, yes. We seen, were talking about Star Trek. Have now. you seen Star Trek? I have seen Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, I I agree. I agree. It's it's like you can't live in the same space with them, mm-hmm. uh, which so is just therefore, intriguing. So therefore, they the majority of the time don't actually exist, <laughs> right? Until, until they need to, right? Right? Because until, plot, exactly. Yeah, but I thought it was a good plot. Yeah, it it was a well it was a well put together episode mm-hmm. all in all. So. Um, yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention in emails, uh, Ray Haig also wrote in about Point of the Spear. Mm-hmm. He had the information about the uh, the director, Alan Harmon, I think was his name. And yeah, he, he Alan Harmon, in the, the special features of the DVD that he was watching, he related to us how the director was talking about the Iraq war was looming. And so that was a very real situation that was taking place, and that influenced the development of Point of the Spear. Right. So when you have that context... It just makes this episode that much better, I, mm-hmm. I feel like. Right. Yeah, so a great episode. Well, and if you're as old as we are, I mean, that stuff is still pretty fresh it in our still minds. still feels fresh, When yeah. you hear weapons of mass destruction, you're... <laughs> First thing. Our minds boom. immediately go there. We yeah. don't We don't have to be living in that time to get that context, I don't think. Yeah. No, you're right. So, yeah, definitely an interesting episode. Uh, what's your number two? 
Um, so this one may be a little controversial based on some emails that we've got, but uh, I went ahead and I took the loan and level sands. Okay. Um, just sort of a sentimental pick. This is just kind of one of those gut feeling. I like it. It reminds me of a show I've seen before. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I maybe. don't know. <laughs> but just this idea of having this, um, just this crew of explorers. That's just a cool idea. And and now they're confronted with these new technologies and this new way of doing things. Uh, some of them want to jump on board with that, and some of them not so much. But you think about the the time that has passed, the things that they have missed, and then when they give Dylan the option of how they're going to get out of this situation, uh, he's going to lose another, what was it? I don't remember what it was, but, but what, another 50, 30, 50 some odd years? Something like yeah. that. It was a significant amount of time. Yeah. He's already lost 300 years. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so it, just a nice uh, little bit of a... But I think that would put him solidly in the world's oldest eligible bachelor department, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I might be tempted. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 okay. You mean, no, never mind. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean to get on the ship? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I might be All tempted right. to get on the ship. <laughs> Ethan's got the hots for Dylan. That's cool. Hey. He's 400 years old. <laughs> hey, when 400 years old, you reach look as good. You, you will, will not. not. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking Star Wars. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> oh, boy. Are we off the rails? Oh, yeah. We okay. are way off the rails. Can, uh, can I give my number two? Yes. Okay. My number two pick for my top picks of season three was The Unconquerable Man. Okay. I, I really dug that episode. I thought it was, if you're going to do a clip show... Let's turn it into something that it wasn't originally. It's not telling more of the same story that we got before. It's a little bit of a different context. And I thought it was unique and an interesting way of making the most out of very little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and really gives us more of a nemesis. This mm-hmm. this early nemesis uh, yeah. uh, in, in Gaharis. Yeah. And I thought it was just... Um, it was really good, and, and I, I kind of like Steve Basic. I wish we could see more of him, actually. Yeah, but we're not, because he died. He died, yeah, mm-hmm. he did. Well, the character died. The character died. Not Steve Basic. Not that I know of. No. I haven't heard. No, he's still alive. Okay. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go ahead and do like I did with the bottom three. I'm just going to go ahead and jump to my number one now. Okay, jump to your number one. All right, one. The Unconquerable Man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> your thoughts? Yeah, um, it was very interesting to get this different perspective point of view. You say it's a clip show, and I know that it kind of is, but I don't see it as a clip show, because while there are clips used in this show, there's also a lot of new footage. Yes, there is. With this guest actor. Yeah. So... Maybe it is a clip show by definition. I don't consider it to be a clip show. I think it is a a new show that happens to make use of some clips. Yeah. That's but fair. it also kind of changes the universe a little bit. It does. And not just a little bit, a lot. Um, I, and I think that plays on everyone's what if. Yeah. They, everybody asks the question, what if? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, this is an excellent example of a what if that is interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, we saw it play out, so we know that this was actually what happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. And, but we don't know that. None of our crew knows that. This is a thing that we're let in on, and only us. That's true. 
I've forgotten that point. I mean, it kind of depends on the, how you look at it, really. I mean, is this is this an alternate reality in which something else could have happened? And so basically, Rade goes through this whole life. Wait, of, Rade? Yeah. Or was it Gaharis? Gaharis Rade. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Right. Continue. Um, <clears throat> so Gaharis Rade goes through this whole um, life, basically what we have seen Dylan doing and trying to do. Uh, he makes friends with all of our crew that we know. And Dylan is the one that's lost in all of this until Trance somehow knows and she has to be like, this isn't right. It has to be Dylan. We got to make this right. So what does Rade do? He makes the ultimate sacrifice. He goes back. He plays the whole thing back over again. But this time he lays down his life. Yeah. So Dylan isn't uh, as good a shot or as good in fighting as we thought he was. No. He is not, Could which because... I was always a little suspect of that anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. All right. Very good. No, a, a great but why episode. did he have to kill the bug lady? <sighs> yeah, that seemed a bit harsh, didn't yeah. it? Now, in, in you know, hindsight's 50-50. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. So what are we at? We're, my number we're, one? We're at your number one. Number one. We're about to close this out, mm-hmm. and I, too, had to pick The Lone and Level Sands. Really? I love that episode. I really... If there's, a, if there's an episode in season three that I'm going to go back and watch... I'm going to watch The Lone and Level Sands. Wow. Because think about it. This is Star Trek, but not ignoring the laws of physics. And I think that is just a fantastic... Uh, there's so many high concepts that this episode deals with. And yeah, the it basically they boil it down to the captain and his reaching out to Rami and inviting her to come with him because of his whatever reasons. Um, but the whole, the whole thing just was interesting and I don't care that, you know, they ripped off the Voyager uniforms or whatever they ended up using as, as inspiration, but it was definitely from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And well, you got to remember, I mean, that's what they were watching at the time. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. So yeah, no, uh, Lone and Level Sands, that's a great watch. It's it's my top pick. It was close to your top pick as well. So but either one of those are interchangeable. The Unconquerable Man, The Lone and Level Sands. That's the creme de la creme of season 3. I don't think we have ever in all of the lists that we have ever made top 3, bottom 3 Ended of up any with the same, show. Same 3? Pretty much, yeah. We just reversed a couple of them. Uh-huh. Uh so Take, I think it's pretty solid then. So listeners, take that on authority. Yeah. We are we have we have picked the top three. People have accused us of being an authority on this subject anyway. That's true. So and if we you're said, gonna whoa, accuse whoa, us, whoa, 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 wait, we're gonna accept it now. So I guess we have to. We have to. Yeah. We ha- we are the Andromeda Podcast. Um Ethan, I wanna know what our listeners do think about the whole of season three. Uh, yeah. And uh what are their bottom three and top three? I'd like to see some lists. Yep. I love lists. And give us some reasons for that. Ethan, how would they be able to get a hold of us? Send those emails with that information to drivebackthenightpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on the social media at AndromedaPod on both Facebook and Twitter. You can find us there. Leave us a message. Get in contact with us. Find out what's going on. You can join in on any of the new polls that Ethan's going to be putting up after this episode yeah. is dropped. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. We're also on Podbean. That's actually our home. Uh, it's where you can find every episode and every flavor text that Ethan has written. Uh, I wrote some of the ones in the beginning, and, too. And Ryan's, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 
kind of proud of some of those. I, I, I cut and pasted some of them. <laughs> Uh, we're andromedaseries.podbean.com, and that's where you can find every episode of Drive Back the Night. And also, if you feel, should feel so inclined, there is a tip jar uh, that can help to uh, produce this show. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a star rating and review. We certainly appreciate that. And it took us two years, but we got on Player FM and we got on Spotify, so you can listen to us there as well. Nice. Good thanks to our big friend, Doug Anderson, who did not lend us his voice for the opening quote of this episode. What Why? a shame. What a shame. We didn't have one. That's true. We didn't have one. Yeah, quote. so it's not his fault. No. Yeah. No, you're right. We'll, we'll get him back on it next we week. We are. We're definitely going to get him back on. So we appreciate all of the uh, contribution that he makes to our show. Yes. Um, so, hey, I think that's it for now. It is. So, uh Oh, you got something to say? Just just a little housekeeping here before we, we sign off. Um, we are going to take a couple of weeks uh, but between now and starting into Season 4. Uh, so be on the watch for after the first of the year, 2020, we will be back on with uh, regular shows continuing into Season 4. But we are going to take just a short hiatus because of the, uh, the holidays and, and scheduling and things like that that are coming up. But until then, thanks for listening. We await your comments and emails and suggestions and comments. You can comment twice. Until like next you just time. Did. Yeah, I know I did. That's why I said that. So until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in season four.